he did not want to shoot. Versus if you went back and you looked at the games in the Bahamas when we are playing Baja Blast Tech, he's letting those things fly. <laughs> Cal was the coach of, our, of at least my childhood. Uh, I mean, I was always a tubby guy. Um, I was a tubby kid growing up. Just take um, Muhammad Ali at, then, uh, at center. Then you have actually to played for Kentucky, Kentucky University of players. Kentucky. Oh, daggone it, guys. I did not prepare for this. Because they're both going to be key contributors to a national championship team. No, do not tell me to relax, Zach, because I'm all in on this squad, and it's going to happen. What is up, Big Blue Nation? Matt Zach, BBN here, joined by my three Twitter best friends. We got Wildcat's Tongue, Big Blue Bud, and 270 Bradley Smith, and we are rough to no good, and we got a lot to talk about. We decided to start recording earlier in the weeks. I think we last week we recorded on a Monday. And, of course, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the following Monday, like, the most crazy things that have happened in UK athletics in, like, four, five, six months all decided to happen in the same week. And now we have to all cram it into an hour, or, like, we have been recently, like, an hour and 15. But before we get into all of that, boys, how you doing? WT? It's a very nice hat. I like it. Thank you. Uh, I'm a big collector of hats. I own maybe 80 total hats. Whoa. Most. Yeah. It's like whenever I travel, I get a hat. That's like my thing. Uh, so currently, uh, I, I kind of caught my wife uh, looking at um, hats with the WT logo on it. Because uh, I don't have one. I got. I have like. I passively collect WT items. I have like a chair, like a bleacher chair back. I have like a winter coat, a couple shirts with it on it, but I don't have a hat. So she's uh, looking at some vintage stuff on eBay uh, to see if we can grab one. So if you ever, it turns out right now, every UK game I go to basketball, football, whatever, I'm wearing something with a WT logo on it. So there's a little hint if you want to see if you can find me. So just go up and ask random people that have that logo on to see if they're me. I'm going to wear one of those shirts next time that we go to a game together. And it's like, you know, as how it's like, I'm with her, I'm with him. It's just going to say, I'm with WT, <laughs> the arrow. <laughs> well, the two, the two burners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two burners roaming around. That, that's why we, uh, we went to the Kansas game together. We like hung out a little bit and. I think I said something like, it's so crazy standing here in this concourse. Like there's probably like maybe 15 or 20 people that we can see right now who know who we are, but don't know who oh, we yeah. are. It's just right. a weird feeling. Like Matt, I see people like, all the time I know at the games and they just don't know who it is, you know? It's yeah. Funny. There's some people that we really see at the games and uh, kind of freak us out, but it's fun being a burger. It, it, it's entertaining. Buddy, how are you doing? What have you been up to? Uh, pretty good. Um, I've been working, playing volleyball, um, staying busy. Um, it's cold out today, and I played a little volleyball on my feet. I'm just now regaining feeling in them as we talk. Um, but I'm in my little PJ pants and uh, feeling a lot better right now. Also, this has been the busiest week of all time uh, for sports. Uh, you know Kentucky athletic stuff too, so it's been entertaining. I'm uh, I'm never bored. So you weren't playing like gym volleyball. You're playing like beach or grass volleyball. Sand, yeah, sand, sand. volleyball out of the park. 
so now are do you have to like do you like go and take a shower after and just like shaking sand out of your clothes like do you go that all out or is this more of a casual beach volleyball game oh i yeah i mean i you know i'll dive but i didn't have to take a shower this time i just sort of washed my legs off and you know <laughs> whatever you know like it's just like sand to my knees really bad and then the rest is like kind of on me here or there i just shake it off so yeah. so it, with all the other uh uk athletics events and activities that are going on this past week this saturday during the day before the uk georgia game it was the kentucky uh spike ball state championship which i participated in how'd you do um i took fourth I took fourth, and individually, I'm rated the fourth best player in the state of Kentucky. So, I'm I'm kind of with you. How is I'm it? Still, in... I'm still kind of like shaking like dirt off myself, and I'm still incredibly sore. And that was Saturday, so I'm with you right now. Way to really work that. How in is there. it an individual thing if it's a team sport? How does that work? Well, so my team took fourth. Me and me and my partner took fourth, but okay. the head of KRA, the Kentucky Roundnet Association. He went and watched every <laughs> single game that everyone played and took like individual stats. Wow. And then like you get all the stats. Oh, wow. Like if you like ace someone, that's good. If you get ace, that's bad. If like you make a hit and like the other team can't reach it and it's a put away, then that's good. If like you can get a defensive touch and make a good set, that's good. So like the it, it stats, I don't understand the stats. It's probably like your dog rating, you know? But out comes a number, and I am the fourth highest rated player in the state of Kentucky. So, like, it's actually based on performance and statistics. It's not like field of 68 ranking. I don't like Calipari, so I'm going to say DJ Wagner's the 98th best player in college basketball. Yeah, like Antonio It's like Reeves, a real ranking. Antonio Reeves will be, like, the best player that's in the transfer portal, even though he's not in the transfer portal. But when he comes back, he's, like, not even a top 100 player in college basketball. Something like that. Anyways, yeah. Bradley, how are you doing? I, you know, honestly, I'm I'm, I'm kind of a little sad. Oh. Uh, I, you know, today in my mind, I was working up this, like, nice little dream weekend idea that I had. I was thinking, you know, pondering in my mind, coming up Friday night for Big Blue Madness, then just staying over for the Missouri game, just kind of hanging out that day. Then I remembered I have responsibilities, and I coach a Little League basketball team, and our practice is on Friday nights, and our game is on Saturday. So that's just kind of all around messed up for me. But I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. But it was like, oh, I'm going to get to – oh, wait, no, I'm not. I so hate that was That was bad. But I'm better now because I had leftover chicken Alfredo while I was waiting on Sack to start recording. Nice. So I'm, so I'm better now. That's a move improver. How are yeah. you, Matt, Sack? See – See, this is this is the thing. I said I would start recording as soon as everyone was in the chat. And then Buddy was like, hey, I'm ready. Like, start it. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to record it once everyone's here and ready to go. And then Bradley, once again, said, all right, I'm ready. Like, you can start it. And it's like, once again, I'll start it once everyone's here. And now Bradley, once again, wants to say like, oh, yeah, I was waiting for Sack to start recording. It wasn't me. We had to wait for all of our friends. Uh, I, to I was on the screen for like three minutes waiting for you to let me in. 
I was waiting for WTD to get here. Because like um, I said, I was going to start it once everyone got oh, here. Only as fast as your slowest Twitter best friend. You, you know, know I love being thrown under the bus. It's really fun. <laughs> well, I, I didn't want to, but everyone's blaming me like Sack and start it, the recording. I said explicitly not, what I was going to do. It's not like we have a time I limit. You could have at least let them in. I didn't no. say anything bad about it. I was he just saying I see us. He had no interest in speaking to I us. I was just saying I ate chicken Alfredo. <laughs> you afforded me the opportunity to finish my dinner because I had a waterboard meeting. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for well, not how, pushing the board. How's the water doing down there? It's wet. Well, that's good. Is water wet? It is not that's... wet. Hey, y'all are arguing with the guy to the, the ceiling just like Katina Powell. Wow. Oh, all right. Wow. Don't leave your faucets running. He's doing his job if the water's wet. Call before you dig. All right. One of the many UK <laughs> athletic things you all want to talk about first. I think. If we go chronologically, I think oh. free big Z oh, turning I, into I, hashtag Z big free was first. Yeah, we could do that first. I have a bigger story after that. Oh, there's no bigger story. No, no there's a way bigger story, but we'll get to it. Uh, Z is big free. Um, people got mad at me online uh, for trying to jokingly take credit for starting the hashtag free big Z movement. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess that it the joke didn't land enough because like obviously i didn't do anything but uh people were like dude shut up like it, it wasn't you it was cal like da, da, da. i'm like obviously it wasn't me like so yeah. but so it happy did. <laughs> it did not it land happened. people were sending it to me like why has he been so corny and weird? And I was like, oh, no, 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 guys. This is a bit. This is not serious. <laughs> I, have a, I have a Twitter account that's based off of a, a Kentucky oh, logo with a penis on it. <laughs> like, that is my account. You should never take anything I say seriously. If you do, that's on you at this point. For people who didn't hear, you also called into a rather famous Kentucky radio show. Ryan um, Lemon, God forgive Ryan- him, is on my side. Ryan Lemon, you you asked like how much of the credit do I get? He said all of it, hundred percent of it. Matt said not so much, and not only did Matt say not so much, he also said, "I appreciate the call when you when you <laughs> went to ask." It, I think you said something along the lines of, um, "This is one of the bigger like Cal recruiting nope. efforts in recent memory." You could tell me exactly what the wording was. I don't think I said, he really got what you were trying to say, but I actually agree with you. I said it's the I either side said the biggest or most one of the most impressive recruiting wins in the Calipari era. And my point was, and famously, Matt lets you explain your point on KSR. Um, <laughs> but uh, my point was that no recruit in his history, you've had to put in so much effort even like to get him on campus so we had to go scout him we sent coaches overseas specifically to go scout him we had to convince him to to commit to Kentucky in the first place to play college basketball he's not gonna be eligible for NIL so we had to convince him to like leave his professional basketball team we uh then had to deal with all this nonsense with the admission stuff and he could have gone somewhere else we had to convince him to stay. He could have gone to, I think DePaul was the main school that was rumored as trying to steal him. Uh, we had to convince him to stay a cat, to go through the process, to retake the test, to 
uh, do all this stuff, this extra stuff that he didn't want to do, that is a huge, huge, huge recruiting win, even if he plays like 10 to 12 minutes a game. Just the effort that he was put in, because this is not just a win for this season. This is a win for any point in the next few years if we want to go get international talent. So yeah, oh, I yeah. obviously... I obviously know it's not the same as getting John Wall. I know it's not the same as getting Anthony Davis. Obviously, it's not the same talent-wise. But the amount of hoops they had to go through and the amount of effort they had to put in, this is a huge, huge recruiting win. I am so impressed that they got that done. That's the biggest thing, though, too, is like they had to do this because it, it really sets a precedent for the future of our recruiting overseas, which is going to be, I think, a bigger thing going forward. And we've talked about that before. So, yeah, I mean, huge deal. And – I know the whole, like, he's here is kind of old news, but supposedly he'll be on campus Thursday. So I guess we'll see him at Big Blue Madness. Yeah, I mean, he I, won't I be think... at the Pro Day? I do Pro not day. think that he will be at the Pro Day. Dang. Oh, well. He could. Um, he could, but I'm pretty sure it's been reported that he's here Thursday. So. Hmm. Well, I, I think some of the other bigger names that Matt brought up, like when he talked about the most impressive victories, uh, recruiting victories. I think you brought up John Wall and then the like the Harrison twins. John Wall was on the record saying that like I don't care if it was like Memphis or Kentucky, I was going wherever John Calipari was. Like Cal really didn't have to work for that one. Like that relationship was just built, you know. Um Thank same you, with like uh, the Harrison twins. Like the Harrison twins, they were pre like transfer portal era and they were already on campus. And they didn't have great NBA draft stock. So it really wasn't too challenging to get them back. Yes. No, like Zvonimir will not have the impact of sophomore Harrison twins or freshman John Wall ever. I don't care if he stays here four years. He just will not. I think that's pretty safe to say. But when you, again, you say it, the effort that Cal had to put in, he had to fight off other schools. He had to fight off the entire country of Croatia. He had to fight off his own admissions. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, John Wall could have known three English words. And like he still would have gotten in through UK admissions in 2009. Like that wasn't an issue. Like Calipari literally had to fight everyone, his own university, other schools, like trying to get him off a professional team, the NCAA. So I'm kind of with you, WT. Uh, well, it might not be as impactful, definitely very impressive. Can I submit a name that I think would rival? as an impressive recruiting win and arguably as impactful. I'll allow it. Kevin Knox. Oh, that's a good one. Was there as surprising? I mean, Kevin Knox picking Kentucky was as surprising of a get that I remember getting during the Cal era, just because it was, he was seen as Duke or Florida state for so long and he's Kentucky, and then, like, he wasn't, obviously wasn't the best player on that team, but we wouldn't have been as good without Knox on that team, for sure. I mean, he went and won us a couple games. Uh, so, Zvonimir, I, I'm higher on him than I think anybody else, and that might just be because I'm the ultimate homer or something like that, but I really do believe that his skill set is something that Cal will be able to work extremely well with just because you look at how fluid and how athletic that he is. And Cal hasn't had a fluid athletic big like that since Willie Cauley Stein. Uh, so 
I really think he's some like in my mind, I'm picturing like sophomore Willie Colley Stein, but with a jumper for Zvonimir. And mm-hmm. I realize that's like extremely high and nobody's saying that. And I'm not even saying he will be that, but that's just what I'm picturing in my mind for, for Zvonimir, like as a skill set, not necessarily saying he'll be sophomore Willie Colley Stein. I wouldn't rule it. I wouldn't rule it out if we could get three years of Big Z like we did with Willie. Mm. I honestly would compare him, and I know this is going to sound awful. I would compare him to like Scal, but if oh, Scal actually, but listen, it's if Scal actually got to play the role he should have played, which is a backup <laughs> center, backup uh, stretch four. Into, yeah, Scal got thrown into the fire. He, obviously, he was the number one recruit, but didn't play like it uh had very little basketball experience at a high level so you know hindsight's 2020 but uh Zvonimir has a similar game with that jump shot he has similar body type has to really work on adding some muscle um so I think he would be Scal if Scal got to be a backup and got to develop a little bit if, if, Scal, was a, if Scal was a little athletic too like yeah, imagine if Scal true. was more athletic and three inches taller. People forget Scal <laughs> got crazy. punched in the nuts by Ben Simmons. <laughs> People forget that. People forget a lot of things. Hey, speaking speaking of recruiting real quick, can I just send a real quick suck it to Memphis? Of course. Just like as a whole. Uh, apparently Memphis fans have been all up in arms because Billy Richmond's dad is like Penny sucks as a coach and – Memphis's yeah. NIL package why? is bad. That. Yeah. Why, I, I, why Why are you mad about that? Penny is a known fraud. I can't believe that they defend Penny. I How I can really they defend Penny? It. Like I get he's your guy. He's he's there. your best. He's your best player in program history, but like he's been horrible as a coach. Like he's got People some recruiting, who... he's got some recruiting wins, but he hasn't done anything with it. I mean, he got what an eight seed oh, and kind of challenged Gonzaga in the second round a couple years ago. Penny is a fraud, and Billy Richmond oh, is going man. to Kentucky, and He's I'm dead. visiting Wing Guru next time I'm in Memphis. People Can who I... defend Penny oh, make so people who defend Penny make people who defend Cal like uh seem like the most level headed, like objective in reality sort of people. Because, like, obviously Cal's had some mess-ups last few years, but, Penny, like, Penny, how, how do you – I don't know. You, you def- might be... The people defending Penny, I think they're only doing it – like, if Billy Richmond was going to, like, I don't know, North Dakota State, I don't think they would care as much. But it's the fact that he's calling out Penny, but, like, they're like, oh, yeah, we love Cal. We're going to Cal. Yeah. That, that's that's what upsets them. Yeah. But it's it's just, like – it, it takes some effort to be a worse coach in March than Rick Barnes. And somehow Penny is like close to accomplishing that. I don't know if he's quite as bad, but like it's a discussion. Oh. Imagine you were like March Rick Barnes also in like December and January. <laughs> and that's just Penny Hardaway. <laughs> when I lived in Memphis, I would run into u of m basketball players all the time in subway and i'll just be like why why have you chosen this for your life like i met uh <laughs> precious achua in there one year oh really or yeah one, or not one year just like one day he was there in subway and i was like why why are you doing this to yourself 
and uh, Musa Cisse, uh, and uh, who else? Um, I'm blanking. One of their point guards that they had, uh, Boogie Ellis. Mm. Like, why? Why? Why are you doing this to yourself? Can we talk about another pointless school that thinks we're their rival? That was my same segue, man. I had the same thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Indiana. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my take really quick. This feels like so we play four games. First <laughs> of all, uh, we we only have one win in this, and that's if we win all four games. If we lose one game, even if we go three and one, if we win both games at home and then the one in is it Lucas Oil Stadium? Is that where it's at? Yeah. If we go three and one and we lose one game on the road, it will be it like it, like none of the three wins are going to move us a seed line in March. They're not. I don't think Indiana is going to be good enough. Where Joe Lenardi's breaking down the bracket and he's like, "Whoa, Kentucky, you win and beat Indiana at home. They're going to be a one or a two seed." Like I just don't see that. Um, but we lose just one game out of four. We need to watch it on Sports Center for the next decade, and we, they're going to recreate it. Uh, yeah, you know <laughs> the, <laughs> they're going to recreate the game in their it, like preseason and off season, and they're going to come back for the ten year reunion, and then they're going to tweet about it, and they're going to include it in their hype video, and then you know that's that's your see, life now. Here, here's the thing to me about the Indiana rivalry: it means nothing to Kentucky. Like does. if you're if you're a Kentucky fan under the age of like 40, you can't remember a time that Indiana was relevant. Like except for one-off years here and there. Like whenever the Zellers were there, you know, Victor Oladipo. Like they've had a couple good years in the last 30 to 35 years. I like my I was talking to my granddad about it. He was like, "You get you see that we're playing Indiana again. I'm excited." He's 73. He can <laughs> remember a time that Indiana was good. <laughs> Indiana has not been relevant in my lifetime. I don't care about this. It means infinitely more to every single Indiana fan yep. than it matters to any of us. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't matter. My favorite thing to say to Indiana fans right now is that their uh, newest national championship can run for president. <laughs> uh, it's been like 37 years, <laughs> uh, which is really great. Uh, but like it, it really like it does not exist in Kentucky fans' mind. Like we obviously remember the 2012 season game because they won't let us forget it. Not because we care, but just because they it's all they talk about. We also remember the game later that season. I want to challenge you all. Name another moment in a Kentucky Indiana game that like sticks in your mind. I can name only one more, and that's John Wall dunking over some random white guy in Assembly Hall. Is there another That's moment it. from an Indiana game that you can think of? Like they I remember them 20, beating like, us in the tournament after that. Like a, a oh, few 2016. Years. Yeah, they beat us again. Speaking of Scal. Yeah, Thomas <laughs> Bryant. Oh my oh. gosh. So there's two. Um can I'm you sure think of any others. We we I'm beat them sure, in I'm, we beat them in 2012. I'm sure we beat Rich, them like 180. I'm sure Richie Farmer did something absolutely electric against indiana in like 1984 <laughs> or something it's just not a series like i'm glad the series is back in a sense because we get to kind of reestablish ourselves as like better than them but 
it really I, it really is just one of those things that like oh it's a series against a power five opponent cool dude i i was arguing with him the other day because i sent out a tweet and it was like you know um basically just like clowning them and saying we've now given you know indiana the chance to be like slightly relevant again like we've adhere to their like begging and you know we we're we're giving them a shot at it again and indiana fans were so mad in my mentions of course it was a trap but uh this one kid hopped in there and was was hollering at me and i told him like that i just pulled this stat real quick just for fun said since cal's been here we've got as many final fours as you have round of 32s like oh my god in the cal era alone we have over twice as many tournament wins as Indiana has since 1999. Double, <laughs> over double the amount of tournament wins they have since since 2000. I mean, you know, this century, and yeah, and as many Final Fours as their rounds of 32s, like they're just not relevant. And they really wanted me to care. Like, no, this is good for both schools and good for basketball and good for the. Is it though, really? Because uh, Bradley, I think you're 100 right. Like, no one cares. Like, we just don't care. We just don't. They rushed the they rushed the floor beating Purdue. They rushed the floor and stepped on our guys' heads and spit on our fans and everything else. Like there's and, a reason that we won't play in a and called them racial slurs. Yeah, and uh, you know a bunch of other stuff. Like yeah, no. The greatest like proof of how irrelevant they are is look at the schedule. It's two home games, one neutral, one road. We just they up. they. They want to like talk and be like, Cal is scared of us. Cal is scared of us. Like it's a brag. Think about it. No. Think oh, about it. So Mike tough, Woodson man. had to schedule twice. To Mike Woodson had to schedule twice as many road games as home games just to play us. That's what you need to do to, to for us to even think about. It. It's like, oh no, home and home, you're not worth that. Well, I guess if you give us another home game, I mean, sure, we'll fit you in there with Mount St. Mary's and I don't know, South Carolina State, whatever, like Texas A&M Community College, or is it Corpus Christi? We always play Texas A&M CC every year. We're playing Texas A&M Commerce this year. Oh, I didn't okay. know, didn't know that existed. <laughs> That's what that's essentially what Indiana is to us. And they want to talk, they want to they want to brag. They they think like Cal's scared of us. He only wants one, he only wants one game in at IU. That's not a brag. He's not... It's the same, it's the same thing I said to the Gonzaga fans. If you think you are that good, if you think you are that cool, you will just have a little bit of influence. You'll have a little bit of grounds to be like, um, no, we should do 50-50. If we, we want to play our home games in the kennel, we'll play our home games in the kennel. If we want to play just as many home games as road games, we will do that. But no, you can't because you're not relevant to us. Uh, my uh, high school anatomy teacher uh, had a really good idea. He hated the state of Indiana, and rightfully so. Um, he doesn't know what a Hoosier is, and he doesn't care to learn. Um he had a really good idea of what we can do uh, for Indiana. Uh, he suggested that we build like a 20 foot wall around the state's border. And then we flood the great lakes into it. Oh and God. then we, we know that'll work because people from Indiana can't swim. And so they, they'll take care of the state. We won't have to worry about it anymore. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Um, that was his idea. Mass flooding was, was really not, fun. was not something I would have considered or thought of but honestly get, uh 
Indiana is just like, you know, truth be told, like the biggest nightmare that I can imagine. Like, like it's honestly, it's sad. Like how like it really is sad. Like I'm not just like, you know, punching down, like it's genuinely like sad to see kind of where they've fallen and how it's all like former blue blood. And this is what you've become like, you know, recreating the watch shot, like dude, like it, you know, that's worst case scenario, like Kentucky future. You know what I mean? Like we can never be there or get there. Like I'm switching fan bases before I'm becoming Indiana. You know what I mean? Like couldn't do it. So I'm thinking about this and let me know if you think I'm wrong, but I think there are five big, big 10 schools that are more worthy to be called our rivals than Indiana. I'm either because of irregularity or either because of regularity that we play or because of interactions between the two schools. But I think there are five just big 10 schools that Michigan State, Michigan, Michigan, Illinois. And I've got two more Wisconsin and Ohio Um, State. Good. Oh, so so Michigan State, we've had some classic uh, champions, classic games against them. I mean, I, I would say that that's. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say rivalry, but it's more of a rivalry than Indiana is. Yeah, really, I would uh, take I then, would take a home and home with any of those five schools over yeah, Indiana. And like I would Illinois, I would do it with I would throw in UConn, I'd throw in Villanova, I'd yeah, throw Purdue. in Miami. I'd, I'd throw there in are dozens West, of schools. West Virginia is more of a yeah. rival for us than Indiana is. Yeah. We took At a transfer point. from them, and he became National Player of the Year. He was riding the bench at West Virginia, and we made him national player of the year. We just took and another about, one from him. And we're about to do the same thing with Trey Mitchell. <laughs> Trey Mitchell, national player of the year, is such a great take. I, I hope you're right. <laughs> I, I hope I'm right, too, because we're going 40-0. and 0. If Trey Mitchell is national player of the year, we're going 40-0. and 0. Indiana is just the armpit of America. So I, I grew up in Chicago and obviously went to college in, uh, in, in Lexington at the University of Kentucky. It's about an hour from the Louisville, like Indiana border to UK. And it's about half an hour from my house to the Illinois, Indiana border, which means there are about four hours of driving in between of just butt crack Indiana Oh my gosh, it is just absolutely nothing for four hours. I don't know how anyone lives there. I oh, I just hate Indiana. I've probably driven through Indiana for a good 11, 12 days of my life. I've spent driving through Indiana, just going from Chicago to UK. Absolutely brutal drive. Absolutely brutal. Anyways, we got to move on because we have like four different football conversations we have to start with. Unfortunately, <laughs> none of them too positive. Um, let, let's have this first one in the mindset of we are recording before Stoops' press conference last night, all right? <laughs> so before before oh, he geez. made some comments, <laughs> let's just talk in the mind frame of we just watched Kentucky football play Georgia. Um, less than ideal game. Brutal penalties, more missed throws, a couple drop passes sprinkled in there. Um, the, the things we've seen all year, but also new things like our secondary has been really good. Our secondary had pass breakdown after pass breakdown. Yeah. Our tackling has been really good this year. We couldn't tackle anyone. Um, yeah, we got blown out. We got humbled really bad in a game that I personally didn't think we would win, but I at least thought we'd keep it close. What were y'all's overall takeaways from this game? Um, 
I didn't really even know if we'd keep it like close, close, but I had a lot more hope that, you know, I thought we would compete. I, like, um, I bet Kentucky to, to cover, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't think that it was going to be this kind of blow. Like usually we compete with them. You know what I mean? And it looked like that we were finally kind of like clicking um, in the, in the Florida game. And so I don't know. I just had high expectations. Really. You just want to see your guys go out there and just be in the zone. You know what I mean? And just like not have pre-snap penalties, not be like too amped up and just like missing things. Like, but we've seen that over and over again, like, you know, big moments were just not mentally there and like not prepared. And then like we hear it over and over again, like, yep, you know, nothing good I can say about that. Like we need to get back in the lab and fix it. And it's like, dude, you know, no one expects you to win, but like those are things you gotta you gotta clean up. And like we just need to have our guys ready. It's 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 disappointing. Um, but I mean, at the same time, we lost to Georgia. We've still got big opportunities coming with Alabama, Tennessee. It's not over yet. People are overreacting there, but you know, it would have been nice to see us do a little bit better in that game. We knew going in that it would take like an A or an A plus from us and probably like a C or C minus from Georgia to even have a shot to win that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, I mean, we had Van on here. He was very optimistic. The fan base as a whole was very optimistic going in because we had just come off a game against Florida where we probably played maybe a B plus a minus sort of performance. And Georgia has been playing in that C C minus range. They haven't been playing well against sec teams. We were like, Hey, this is something that we can see. Well, it turns out we played maybe our worst or probably second worst game of the year behind the EKU game. Um, Second worst football of the year combined with Georgia's best football of the year. And that is a recipe for disaster. Um, so I think that, I mean, if you go back and look at my preseason predictions on my Twitter, like uh, you'll see, I, I predict us to lose by 21 before the season even started. It's we lost by more than about that, but not much more. It was expected. We were going to lose. The issue comes in where, does the typical stoops thing happen where one loss turns into two um that missouri game is looking a lot tougher missouri looked really good their pass offense is insane and our pass defense is showing some holes we have some injuries now um alabama is looking like they are turning things around tennessee they have the best like rushing offense in the sec uh you start looking at these games louisville i don't want to talk about it too much but they look pretty damn good you start to look at these games and I know it's been said a million times. There's a world where we finish the season. zero and six and miss a bowl. I don't think that world is very likely, but that's a way more likely scenario than we want it to be. There's also a world where we go like four and two and finish the season 10 and three or like nine and three or something, which would be insane, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the times people forget that, like, the other team isn't robots. It's like you're not just playing against the computer on Madden or NCAA 14. Like, the other team has such a thing as good games and bad games. It's not like this consistent, like, benchmark where it's like, if you're good, you you look good. And if you're bad, you look bad. Other teams are allowed to play well, too. And Georgia has not been good. And 
everyone in the media is talking about it. Wow, Georgia's really struggling. Can barely beat Auburn. I forgot the team they played before. Can barely, They had a comeback against uh, South Carolina. They were due for a get-right game. It's a home game. They're playing a ranked team under the lights. Sanford Stadium was going absolutely crazy. They needed a game, and they played their best game of the year. Guess what? When the number one team in the country plays their best game of the year, you don't look very good. It sometimes just happens. And I'm not saying we played great. We probably mm-hmm. could have done a couple things better. Devin Leary should have that pass in the first drive. Jagger Burden shouldn't like try to like jump and land on someone with his elbow. Uh, Deion Walker should know the play's over and not just truck an offensive lineman after we get a fourth or a third down stop. We can do some things better. Um, but yeah, Georgia was just going to Georgia, in my opinion. And I'm not going to get too worked up about that. I'm just not. Yeah, I'm not even going to go like, yeah, too far in on any of the guys or any of that. But I will say, aside from them playing really well, I think I was most disappointed in our defense. We've played really good defense all year. Like, that's the one thing that's kind of been solid. Um, At one point, I remember Carson Beck was 11 of 11. Yeah. Everyone was open all the time. Everyone he threw to was open. And, I mean, he was hitting them, but they were open, like, what a dude like that's way too much and then i kind of checked out it you know i don't know how much worse than that it got but like you know i that the that breakdown was really was really disappointing you kind of wanted to count on them you know it was kind of like that one will rogers game but instead of like three yard check down passes it was like 25 yard passes to like the best tight end in the country who it's like how do you leave him open buddy you bring up and sack you built on that interesting point That's the thing that drives me crazy about Ben don't break defense. Because you get to watch Carson Beck start either 11 for 11 or 12 for 12. I'm pretty sure it's 12 for 12 Mm. against this defense. And you get to watch Will freaking Rogers go 38 of 42. 38 of 42 set an SEC record for completion percentage. That that has a special hatred in my heart because I went to that game. I was stupid. I thought we could win. Ben don't break only works if you keep them from scoring. It only works oh, if you don't break. Don't break. <laughs> and Ben don't break broke. Hey. It broke seven times against Georgia. You know what would have helped if you had donated. To the, to the <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, because $50 is going to make Devin Leary connect with a wide receiver on a pass. I have to say, yeah. that is like my most like favorite recent meme to go across BBN Twitter. It's just everyone making like elite plays. WT, I think you started it. What was the meme exactly? Uh, I start. I did the uh, uh, Devin. If Devin Leary, if you uh, bought more T-shirts, and it's like Hawkeye <laughs> accuracy. Uh, but I, I think obviously that's a joke, and I think most people are taking it as a joke, which is really good. I was kind of worried sending that out that people will get like, "How oh, dare you like go after the players? Like they didn't do it. Like whatever." But uh, if we are going to transition to talking about the pony up comments, can we preface this? With all nice. recognizing that Stoops is a good coach, he is the best coach that we've had at Kentucky 
since Bear Bryant probably has had the most success, consistent success, and has taken us from a two-win team to a team that can win ten games. Mm-hmm. I also want to preface that. I also want to preface this with like John Calipari is one of my ten favorite human beings of all time, and I will defend him till the end of the earth. And I will still, right hand up, say that that dude says some really stupid things at really stupid times. So when we are going to bring up how Mark Stoops said something he should not have at a time he should not have, that's not us saying, fire Mark Stoops, he isn't worth his $9 million. Like, we're never going to get over this. Like, that's not what we're saying. Maybe some of you feel that deep down. We get into that later. But that's not what we're saying. We're just saying that he shouldn't have said that at that time. Bradley, so we're recording this with video. Bradley is disagreeing with everything Matt's saying. Are you? Is this a bit, or you do do you genuinely want to take another side here? Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. But uh, yeah. So now that all the prefaces are out of the way, what a stupid comment, dude. On on the different levels, like being disrespectful towards the fan base towards like the 44th like the state ranked 44th in average income <laughs> telling his own players more money get That's disrespectful what towards me. his own players like do you think he told the players before the georgia game like hey y'all aren't good enough we need help no, no he didn't say that he waited till no. they lost and then got on a radio show and said it's so, like again i know that Stoops regretted saying that. I know that he wished he could have that back. But, like, you can't say stuff like that. Yes, we need more NIL help. Yes, we need more money in the program. Yes, we need better players to, like, compete with Georgia. Obviously, everyone knows that. But you don't take that out on the fans. You don't take that out on the players. You just go do what you got to do. And one thing is – I was saying one thing is the timing of it. Like, yes, you got to ask for money. Mm -hmm. You got to time it right. Uh, I saw someone tweet out Louisville was in the middle of uh beating notre dame at home really great environment they did an nil thing during the game saying like hey donate to nil they raised like i forget what the number was was like like, fifty thousand in like one time out fifty thousand yeah fifty thousand dollars during one time out into their nil fund that's how you do it you get the fans excited by the product on the field which he has plenty of times. There's plenty of opportunities for him to do stuff like this. Yep. You don't do it after a 51-13 loss where there was clear, not just our guys weren't good enough, there were clear coaching problems, clear discipline problems. It seems like he's deflecting. I know he took blame for a lot of stuff, but when you say stuff like that, it looks like you're deflecting, which is not a great look. The order I, I, of that here. is all – actually, you know what? Go ahead, Zach. I, I just want to clear one thing. I, I want all the context here. So I, I – I'm going to be honest. I didn't listen to the press conference. I saw the quote first come out by John Hale of the Herald leader. This is the quote that I'm seeing. He says, fans have that right to complain. I give it to them. I just encourage them to donate more because that's what those dudes are doing. Meaning Georgia. I can promise you, Georgia, they bought some pretty good players. You're allowed to these days. We could use some help. That to me but kind of he feels said like, more than that. That yeah, so that's what I want to ask you. I see a lot of people throwing around the pony up term. I remember when like Cal said basketball school. He shouldn't have said that, but a lot like 99% of what he said got taken out of context. From that quote alone, I feel like we might be taking this too far. 
Did he actually say the words pony up? Yes, he said the words pony up. He used those exact. I watched the clip of it. Like, does he anyone have pony? the quote for it? Like, in one of you look it up while Buddy talks. I got you. He, he said pony up, and he also said for, you know, in the SEC, it's Georgia and it's everybody else, uh, which was the other thing about that, you know, people were kind of talking about, um, you know, how are you going to get upset whenever we call Alabama and Georgia football schools and then you, oh, you have a quote, go ahead. I got so he said something like, that's what they look like when they, when you've got 85 of them talking about 85 players at that level. So I encourage anybody that's disgruntled to pony up some more. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I, I got to say, and I look, I already said everything that I have to say about it on Twitter. And so I'm, you know, that's my thoughts on it. And I, you know, and what I said was that Stoops might be 100% completely correct that donating to the NIL like directly affects the results on the field. But it was the way that he said it that would not sit well with me if I was in the locker room. Like, what do you not believe that we can do it? You know what I mean? Like, do you not believe that, like, we can get over that hump? You know, like, that we can, because what are we playing for if not? Like, is it all about talent? You know what I mean? And then the other thing is, yeah, it's the timing. Like, it sounds like a cop out. Like, I know it's not. I know he didn't mean it to be. I know he's taking responsibility for other things, but he got, you know, whatever, annoyed, I guess, at getting, you know, he was getting blasted by a fan, or at least he had a stat thrown at him that was kind of like scorching. He said, you've only beat, you know, two teams in the SEC with a winning record since you've been here. And it's true. Um, it's kind of misleading, but it's true. And so the timing of it was, was just not good at all. Uh, and the problem is, the biggest problem with it, I think, is that you know, Kentucky already has the talent and already should have the talent. And this is all what I said on Twitter to not get blown out 51 to 13 by Georgia. We, that's worse than we beat, you know, any of the EKU, Akron, like any of those teams that we played. Ball State was the other one. That's that's worse than I remember us beating anybody. And, and you know, we already have the talent to not get beat by Vandy at home. Like there's other stuff. It's kind of lack of discipline. Uh, you know, and just not being prepared for big games. And that's coaching stuff. Like, I'm not sure if we had top talent that he wants us to have with this NIL and recruiting that, you know, those things would be any different. Like you have to prove that first and the order is all weird and out of whack. Like you win first and then people will give you money. And WT, that's an excellent point about, you know, that's what Louisville did. Like, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, we've had kind of bad luck. I remember last year they were going to do like a little press conference and ask for money. And then we lost to Vandy. And so they just kind of like, you know, talked about something different. Like, you know, they kind of like, oh, well, maybe we'll wait on this. Like we've kind of had bad luck there. But like, yeah, you can't you can't be doing that. The thing that gets me about all of this, you know, press conference and all is you can't puff your chest out and say, oh, four straight postseason wins. I'm Youngstown tough, blah, 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 blah. And then the second you get called out by a fan who probably doesn't make one one hundredth of the salary that you make, you can't go and start crying to everybody about that, which is what he has consistently done through all of this. Oh, well, if I just had more money, it's... uh, If you had more money, what? You wouldn't lose at home to Vanderbilt? 
If you had more money, mm-hmm. what? Maybe you might could score more than two touchdowns against Georgia. If you had more money, what? Maybe you wouldn't. Uh... I just, uh, <laughs> I just don't want to, and and I don't want people to think that I'm like. I'm not perpetuating and I've not brought up any of this, like what Cal said last summer, because I don't want to get into all of that again. And I don't want people to think that I'm, you know, anybody on this podcast, especially is like fire stoops, like stoops. And this is also what I said on Twitter. Stoops is the right guy for the job. And he's the right guy to, you know, that to get us to this level and the one to keep us to this level. But, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure that he is able to get us to the next time. And that's, that's all right. But it sounds like he's not confident that he can either. Whenever he's at saying, mm, "No, if you don't like getting blown out by Georgia, then you need to, uh, you know, you need to uh, donate more money." Like, if you're not confident that we can do it without, you know, nil, that's probably just not there to begin with. Then, you know, I mean, that's that's a bad look. You know, I'm sure he didn't want it to sound like that. So it's tough. Yeah, I, I'm sure Stoops regrets the comment. I'm sure he he was just upset, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure he was flustered by some of the other fans coming at him, and I. I can guarantee you he wish he handled it better, um, which is why I'm not going to freak out about this. At, at the end of the day, you go and beat Mizzou. You're 6-1. and one, You've beaten multiple ranked teams on the year. I don't know if Mizzou's still ranked. You've beaten multiple quality opponents on the year. Um, you blew out Florida, and your only loss is to the number one team in the country when they had their best game of the year. Um, and you have a great schedule. Like, you still have opportunities to be great. That's what I don't understand about people. I get it. You didn't look good against a team that for three straight years has been notorious for making other teams look not good. It happens. It doesn't mean that we can't have a successful year. And everyone's like, oh, well, all these other teams are are good that we're playing against. We can end the year six and six, seven and five. No way we get to eight or nine wins. Isn't having like a like a loaded schedule fun? We get to play the best Mizzou team we've played in maybe a decade. We get to play the best Louisville team since Lamar. We get to go at Mississippi State and maybe have a chance at winning because this is their worst team ever. Like we get an at Mississippi State road win. We get to play Alabama in Kroger Field. We get to play Tennessee in Kroger Field, a team that we're better than. We could easily end this year nine and three, ten and two, with wins over Florida, which was a blowout, at Mississippi State for the first time in the Stoops era, Tennessee, the best Louisville team since Lamar, the best Mizzou team in a decade. This can be a very successful season, even if we end eight and four, nine and three. We still have several of those wins I talked about. I don't get. Why we have one loss. And I want to say, well, if we show up and don't play like that, well, no shit. That's the case every year. If you don't show up and play, you don't look good. Stoops always has one game where our team just does that. Every team does. Alabama has games like that. Look at Georgia the past couple weeks. They're talented enough to overcome showing up and not trying hard against South Carolina or Auburn. I wish they did that against us too. They didn't. It happens. Stoop, that's what that's why I think these comments by Stoops upsets me the most. And if viewers were like, yeah, we suck, we're not taking that, let's go out, let's kick Mizzou's ass, and then we beat them under the Kroger Field lights after a nice long day at Keeneland, we're all feeling good. We're 6-1, and one, we're riding hot. But now, now we got to talk about this. All I know, and this is the last point I'm going to make about this, is if the basketball team – 
went out and lost by 40 in the Champions Classic to Kansas. And then Cal got on his first press conference after the game and said, well, if y'all had just paid more money, we wouldn't have lost. People would run him out of town with pitchforks. And I'm not trying to make this, uh, you know, football school versus basketball school. But you've got to admit there is a double standard going on with all of this. And it, 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 it's just nuts. And I'm, fine. Anyway. I'm fine with I, the double standard. I kind of think, yeah, I mean, Cal would have gotten heat for that. Stoops got heat for it, too. Like, I think Stoops is getting the appropriate amount of, like, heat for this you know what i mean like and cal would have as well i mean you know granted it probably may have been worse for cal because he's just kind of on people's bad side lately but i mean i i don't know i feel like stoops is getting it too i don't think this double standard's too awfully you know i I agree with that that, i think that this saturday is such an important game for so many reasons if we go and win saturday against mizzou and it's a great environment the next week is a bye week that gives us two weeks of hype of positive energy to go and then i think tennessee's next right after mizzou mm-hmm. someone check me yep. on that right. off the bye so yep. we go mizzou bye week tennessee that could be two weeks of positivity if you go and lose to mizzou whether it be blowout or even if it's a close game especially after these comments that leaves you two weeks of talking which is not good especially with basketball season starting. We know how this fan base is. A lot of us are capable of focusing on two things at once, but apparently a lot of us aren't. So like if you give some fans the opportunity to just check out a football after two consecutive losses, after those comments and after, and with a bye week um, fans can lose interest in the football team really quickly. And I think that that's really dangerous for Stoops. So this game on Saturday is very important for the trajectory of the season and for fan interest, uh, we really got to show up against Mizzou. And I, th- I think we will. Uh, I think that they're a bad matchup for us on some ways, but they we are also a bad matchup for them in some ways. So I think it's going to be a wild game. We could blow them out. They could blow us out. It could be a close game. Literally anything could be possible. The thing that worries me the most, not only the fans checking out, the players checking out, what sounds to me yeah. more about the – even more than the, the pony up comments or whatever he said, I think he said something along the lines of, oh yeah, when we had a couple losses last year, we kind of gave up. Yeah. You kind of could tell after that Ole Miss game, you know, you're riding hot and then you have that bad loss and Levis is injured. The South Carolina home performance. I know Kai Sharon was our quarterback, but beyond quarterback and the Vanderbilt performance, even the road Mizzou performance, the Tennessee performance, I I was very shocked that Stoops went out and said that publicly, considering many of those players are still on the team. I mean, Tavion Robinson pretty much stopped playing and was as outspoken as anyone on the at the time offensive coordinator, and he just pretty much was like, "Yeah," then he never kind of checked out. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Uh, were you laughing, Matt? Were you reading the text? Is that what you were laughing at? I oh, I've been reading while text. you were smiling. Oh, okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> oh, I was wondering why you were laughing at. All right, hey, I have a question uh, yeah. for WT. Would you rather beat Mizzou 
in this football game or beat Mizzou in the Jaden Quaintance recruitment. That is su- that's such a, a controversial, <laughs> an, you unnecessary question. question. <laughs> you gotta pick one. <laughs> Quaintance. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> a successful season is still possible if we lose to Mizzou on Saturday. We could still have an but elite. I don't think people. Quaintance. But I don't. Jane Quaintance is He's a, a guaranteed two-year two player. Yep. He wouldn't be eligible for the for the draft after one year. He's such an elite talent. But you also That's don't so know. Tough. You also don't know he would spend year two at Kentucky. He could go G League. He could transfer. He would. He would stay. Probably. Oh man, I think I, the I think the only reason why I'm going to say Jaden Quaintance, and I think in reality I'd probably go the other way. But Mizzou fans on Twitter have been <laughs> so confident that they are getting Jaden, and it's so funny because I don't even think they're in second. No, like no, <laughs> they're they're like they're the third place team, and they are like every time it's mentioned because was it uh HS top recruits tags me and everything that has to do with Kentucky, yeah. um like they shout out to him such a guy, uh friend of the program actually um yeah uh, he like I, I see all the Mizzou replies and they're they are snarky they're like oh hey uh was it Dennis like the Dennis memes are honestly kind of cool big fan of those but i really want to break their hearts and i have so many of those bookmarked i don't want those bookmarks to go to waste this also like this also isn't like one of those hypotheticals where people are like would you rather win a final four or like win a like sec chamber like we don't have to choose like <laughs> These are two very do, realistic just things. Just do both. Like I think no, we are the favorite. All, that was the, we that are was the, the scenario. <laughs> we are the favorite for both Jane Quaintance and the football game this Saturday. Listen, I was just trying to get WT in trouble, but he's proven that he should probably be the publicist for like Stoops and Cal because he handled <laughs> that with much aplomb. <laughs> so. I was able to fully answer the question while also uh, giving both sides their merit. So yes, very uh, political. There you answer. go. If yeah, I may say out. one thing. You may not with your track record. <laughs> I'll allow it. I hate that I'm going to have to dunk on Missouri fans because Missouri <laughs> fans are like the most tolerable fan base on Twitter in the SEC. Usually. Uh, yeah. I'm a big Arkansas fan fan. Well, yeah, you know, whatever. I haven't had a I'll bad say- interaction with any Arkansas fans. But I've had good in real life interactions with Missouri fans. Um, and I just don't want to like I was going high fiving them at the SEC tournament after they beat Tennessee. Yeah. I, I just I don't want to see them sad, but in the case of Jaden Quaintance, I'm okay with seeing them sad. I will say I think that the fans are the best are Arkansas fans because they could be really annoying on Twitter until you ask them where you should eat after an Arkansas game in Fayetteville, and they become the nicest people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, like uh, I, I get it. Mizzou fans, they, they don't really register. Are like, they even an SEC team? <laughs> like, like by and large, I think Arkansas fans probably know the most ball uh, of any yes. SEC. The only other base. SEC team with any basketball success. I, I mean, there there are definitely oh, yeah. times where they know mo- more ball than most Kentucky fans. Because y'all have got to admit, we've got some dumb people in the fan base. Mizzou just makes it. They're probably one of the more dumb fans. Like, they swear Dennis Gates is Jesus. 
And I, I don't even think I, like I'm, I'm a Dennis Gates fan. Up. They have to That's... be joking with how they talk about Dennis Gates, though. There, there's no way they're that serious. I'm a fan of Dennis Gates. I'm I'm not saying he's a bad coach. History. I'm a fan of him too, but they literally treat him like Jesus. There's no way they're I mean, serious. They have, they have elite memes about him. I don't know if you go through their replies, but they they got some I, good again. Stuff. I get, I I get the that. memes. Here's the thing, Bradley. Matt, who who do you want as your coach right now? Dennis Matt, Gates or John Calipari? Well, John Calipari, obviously. Okay, they but don't, but, but they if don't... Con, but if you've had a decade of Conzo Martin, you're going to be pretty freaking happy with Dennis Gates. <laughs> I understand being pretty freaking happy. They would take Dennis Gates over any coach in the country. Okay, think, see, that's that's stupid. That's, they that's think, dumb. They think Dennis Gates is what, like, half of our fan base thinks Billy Donovan would be here. I mean, like, that's what they think about Dennis Gates. I mean, uh, Billy Gillespie would look like Jesus after Conzo Martin. But, like, Dennis Gates... I think is a very good coach and give him a couple years and he can get some good players in there. But unfortunately Bradley, for them, Jaden, Jaden acquaintance is a cat. And, I don't dis- but- I don't disagree with you, Bradley. I love Dennis Gates, but they're, they're still morons. We, we cannot spend this much time on Dennis Gates. We have to move on. <laughs> I like <laughs> Dennis Gates. You WT, you still, you said you have a big topic. Shout out to Moy Hall. Oh, it's huge. Oh, this what is, is possibly one of one of the biggest stories of the week. It's something that uh, really impacts Big Blue Nation, uh, and uh, I truly love. Uh, Kentucky basketball released their schedule poster of mm. the season, and as someone who collects these posters uh, most every year, um, I would like to kind of field uh, kind of some questions to you all. Like, what what do you think of this year's poster? How would you rank it? with past posters like how many should i get should i get like six or seven um what do you all think wt do you have you noticed like a reverse linearity between quality of poster and quality of basketball team uh you did point that out the worst posters in history are like of the kentucky or the calipari era are 2014 2012 and 2011 which are three final four teams uh, 2015 was an A, so that's the other Final Four team. So I'll give them that. But uh, if you go back and look at those posters, and I have a tweet about it, genuinely awful posters. But they win games. So what a bizarre uh, inverse relationship there. It's crazy. Like 29, like the best poster in history is 2019. Like by far, it's when they did like the artist re- like renderings of these guys. They, they that's an elite eight team. It's not bad. Another like top one is 2017. They went to the elite eight, but then you get the 20, like the COVID year where we went nine and 16. That was a pretty good poster. They obviously didn't do great. Uh, 2021, the St. Peter's team, they had a fantastic poster where they uh, each player had uh, kind of the background of where they were from, like their hometown. They obviously didn't finish the year well. So maybe there is a little bit of relationship, which makes me worried for this year because the poster this year was probably top three of the Cal era, in my opinion. The I think the opposite, because I think the poster was really bad. Like the picture bad. Like the picture was cool. I didn't realize it was a schedule poster until I like somebody brought my attention to it. The actual schedule is so small in the corner that I didn't realize it was the schedule poster. So to me, well, if, it's, if, it's, if it's the schedule poster, the schedule needs to have a prominent place on it. Like, I, 
I'm sure you can't see it in the background, but I have the 98-99 schedule kind of back there over my shoulder. And the actual games are very prominent along with you know, will, the, the team and all that. But I, will say I, they I thought did it was bad. Up, I will say they did change up this year. The last two years before this, they've the schedule, what there was no schedule on it. They put a QR code where you can go to the schedule, which I think was an awful choice. That was really bad. Um underrated poster by the way it's one i've had since i was a kid 2005 2006 schedule poster it was the 30 year anniversary of rep arena so the poster is a timeline of all the major events in rep arena which i think is really cool had the schedule at the bottom uh but yeah if you want any other poster opinions from uh anyone come to me because i've got plenty so i i recently i recently moved to louisville and my favorite thing about living in louisville is like when you're in lexington it's just uk stuff everywhere but when you go to Louisville, it's like 60% UK stuff and only 40% Louisville. Like you go into like a Kroger and they just have like Kentucky shirts. They have all the Kentucky posters whenever they give them away. And then there's like some Louisville stuff sprinkled in there. So even in their own stomping grounds, it's uh, it's so mostly blue. It's kind of funny. Y'all's we do have Kro- a lot of listeners' questions to get into yeah, a lot of good y'all's, ones. Y'all's Kroger sell shirts? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What? Yes. Anyways, Corey, Corey HBBN, big friend of the show. He says, who comes out of the pro day in a better spot than what they went in with? Buddy, what do you think? Oh, this is a circle answer. Um, let me think. Question. Yeah. Um, better there's than... one correct answer. And did you say there's only one correct answer? It, it, yes. I... It, it's a do the arrow. Yeah, it's a do, in my yeah. opinion. A Duthie Arrow is going to destroy every single, like, test that they do. Like, he's going to come out and NBA teams can be like, wow, we're going to watch this kid. Now they're going to watch someone that goes and gets fouled every time and shoots 65% from the free throw line. So they may not be watching a ton, but he's going to show up at the pro day, in my opinion. Oh, well, great. Um, Actually, my answer answer might be a little different. Um. If Ugana is going to be competing, I might go with Ugana. That's a good one. Is he is he competing? I doubt it. I don't think he's been practicing yet. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. I'll go with do then. Our uh, other friend of the show, Skid, he says, if you monetize this <laughs> podcast, can you please donate all of your money to the K funds so we could be competitive in the SEC? I have bad news, Skid. Um, we have earned zero dollars, and I've spent about a hundred and fifty for an annual pro subscription of Zoom. So we are firmly in the red. But if, <laughs> when when we make Rub to No Good T-shirts, if enough of you pony up, maybe we can get ourselves in the green. And if you know of any sponsors, our takes will be better if you just pony up. If you're yeah. disgruntled, <laughs> <laughs> the more t-shirts you buy, the more like guests we'll get on, the more like correct we'll be in our pregame predictions. Uh, it, it's up to you all. Like we can only do so much, but we got We got to get the numbers. Yeah, up. There's sources saying there's everyone else when it comes to podcasts. So. <laughs> yeah, sources really. say is the Georgia podcasts. Can you just have like a? Can we make a meme where it's like uh, Jeff Goodman and then Jack Pilgrim, and it's like before and after ponying up to the Rub to No Good Fund. <laughs> That's um, all you, man. You got it. Um, <laughs> there, there are two really good questions. There are a uh, lot of really good questions. But well, yeah, those, like, y'all killed it this week. Like two that are, are right there beside each other. 
Uh, but I told Connor I was going to answer his question. He says, uh, all right, this is Connor Caldwell. He says, we just recorded the Big 12 episode for Beers and Buckets. We have to ask, uh, if Cal were to leave prior to this season and take one player with him, what Big 12 coach would you want to replace him with? And what's one player from the Big 12, not Hunter Dickinson, they could bring? So we, we um, can't do Bill Self, Hunter Dickinson. Oh, I mean, I guess you could do Big Self. Or you could, could do Big Self. <laughs> yeah. and do you get his violations that come with him? Could I'm do Bill, Bill no. Self, just not Hunter Dickinson. This is a This is a really easy answer in my opinion but i'll I'll let y'all go first uh well sack what's your really easy answer uh, kelvin sampson and lj cryer that's that's a good one that's that's where uh my mind went at first but then i also thought that kelvin sampson is really old we probably wouldn't get that many years out of him that's fine. so i decided to go that's with fine. a guy that's on my list anyway for if you whenever if you say don't you dare say it dare, don't say it don't you dare and that is tj Otzelberger. tj Otzelberger, oh, and uh, he'll bring with him milan monsilovich i thought time. you were gonna i thought you were gonna say jerome tang <laughs> hey, no bradley's I was not just trying to tang. i thought you were gonna say scott drew he's <laughs> just trying to change <laughs> I mean, the uh complexion of our basketball team one man at a time <laughs> no I'm, I'm trying to strengthen that european pipeline and uh <laughs> shout out winnie and gabriel <laughs> and uh yeah that's that that one shocked me um but i really do think Otzelberger is a good coach whatever you say uh, I think that one of the better questions comes from Kentucky Pudge. Yeah. Uh, he says, rank your top five Calipari's. Remember, these rankings must be earned, not given. WT, Ellen's got to be think, one, right? WT, number one, why don't you just rank off your top five, and that's how we'll end the show. Golly, okay. I'm going to have to remember everybody. All uh, the number pressure one, on Yeah, no, number one is absolutely Ellen. Like, it's not even close. Um. Okay, so we've got is it Megan and Aaron, right? Yeah. Which one's at Vandy? Megan. Megan. Okay, so Megan's number two because she's doing actually important work with her life. Um, what does Aaron do? I actually don't, I don't stalk the, the Calipari's uh, online as much as you might. Uh, think. pretty much dunking on UK fans on Twitter. Oh, fantastic! Then Aaron is number three. Um, we we John might Cal- have we might have flipped Aaron. Aaron was the one that went to Vandy. She's in the oh, she's the, the okay. doctor wow, lady. Wow, guys, wow. Then Aaron, then Aaron's number two. Megan's number three. Uh, or I'm gonna put John, uh, at number four because he is our coach. Brad's a traitor right now. Like yeah. I get it. I know he has to go like get his career going, but the dude not only went to Vandy, he also transferred away from Kentucky. Like. Mm-hmm. Like that's twice dissing Kentucky. I mean, if he's earned not given, then earn it at Kentucky. Don't be given it at Detroit Mercy and Vandy. Mm-mm. No, I will never betray my glorious king, Brad Calipari. Would you put Wait, him number one? He'd be number two, just because but you can't behind Ellen. Yeah, you can't. You can't dethrone <laughs> it. That's another. That's another big recruiting one in John four, career. 
<laughs> the four, the four of us, the four of us saw somebody with a Brad Calipari jersey at the Vandy. <laughs> Honestly, game. that was awesome. <laughs> what a dude! Hey, it, I doubt he listens to this, but if you wore a Brad Calipari basketball jersey to the Vandy game at the school where Brad Calipari is now an assistant coach, favorite fan of the year so far. Like, please Absolutely. let like DM, DMS or something. That was the best. Hey, buddy, you you talked yeah. about Allen was a really big recruiting win. No, what, I, I said what, Brad. Brad Calipari. Oh, Brad. I thought you were talking he about Ellen being a really big recruiter. Oh, yeah, I thought it was Ellen, too. No. But I, I was going to make the joke of what kind of uh, fun do you think we needed to get for John to pull her? I'm not going to that. No, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> um, I'm going to stick with uh, with what I said. Brad was a huge recruiting win. Earned, not given. Um, well, Cal had to sleep with the Kentucky. kid's mom to get him to Kentucky. Well, there was no point. Well, Joel line. Justice, baby. Well, <laughs> All right, I gotta go soon. So, buddy, give us your Kentucky Mizzou prediction. Oh shoot! Okay. Um, Lord of mercy, I haven't thought about it at all. Um, let's go. I think it's gonna be a close game. I think it's gonna be a close game. Uh, twenty-one. 23 cats very on brown's finally gonna get over his dropsies mvp bradley who do you got you know what this wasn't the result any of us wanted this past weekend but this weekend we're gonna right all of our wrongs we're gonna get back on track and we are going to beat the missouri tigers everybody's least SEC, SEC team by a final score of 70 to zero with your MVP being Ray Davis. And he is going to set the SEC record for rushing touchdowns in a game. Nobody wanted him when he was a foster kid. Everybody's going to want to keep him out of the end zone. Cats by 70, baby. WT, who do you got? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to take the Cats. I think it's going to be a shootout, much like the 2021 Tennessee game. Uh, I'm going to take the Cats uh, 42 to 38. Uh, I'm going to say my MVP. Wait, buddy, you took. uh, I took Brown. Brown. I'm going to take, you know what? This is the game. I'm going to take Devin Leary. He's going to show us at least a, a hint of what he used to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe. Contributed more. Everybody send in your donations so WT's pick will be right. All right, Matt, what you got? I'm going to take the Cats 38-35 to 35 in a very close game. I don't know my MVP. We've been really going after the tight ends as of late. Give me three touchdowns from Josh Caddis as our MVP. Wow. Ooh. You going to put a bet on that? No. I am just going to put it on my podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, also, since I tweeted out and said that I might have news about. Oh, yeah. What's our big scoop? Yeah. Well, I can't. So I, I've been asked not to share yet, but. Um, I'm sure that it's been hinted at in other podcasts and other things. We'll we'll see some good surprises for Big Blue Madness, some good cameos there. That, oh. uh, 
that y'all will enjoy one or two uh, big names. Definitely one, maybe two. So. It's Kelly Craft, isn't it? It's not Kelly Craft. <laughs> no. I mean, she may be there, but, um, but no, no, just a little bit of a little bit of a surprise. So it's pretty hype. I got a little friend. He let me know, and yeah, so well, a little bit, just a little bit, but uh, should be should be pretty good. Well, I'm looking forward to whoever that guest is. I'm looking forward to Zvonimir Avicic coming from the Raptors of Rupp doing the John Wall. And I'm looking forward to Kentucky beating Mizzou. I can't wait to talk about it with y'all next week. Go Cats. 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 Go C